welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Just continuing the series a long time ago in a Galilee far, far away. So we've looked at Joseph, and we've looked at... um, The wise men? No, the shepherds. And now today we're looking at Mary. And the thing that's sort of really been highlighted to me over this time is just the ordinariness of of all the people that were involved in the Christmas story, except for, for Jesus, of course, but just how God uses ordinary, broken, everyday people that are often overlooked. It is such an incredible thing. And um, Mary's just the same. She was an ordinary person. And this morning, just really highlighting the fact that God can use ordinary people uh, for the extraordinary. To be extraordinary is so awesome. So, and that means that he can use you and he can use I. So um, we're just carrying on the story, um, about the Christmas story from a different uh, book this morning, Luke 1 verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Again, right throughout the Bible and the Christmas story really highlights it, that God uses the frail and the broken and the rejected and the insecure and the overlooked for his glory, which is incredible. So I just want to look into the ordinariness of Mary like I've done the last couple of weeks, just looking at a bit of the background that makes up these characters. First of all, Mary was young. She was married in her early to mid-teens. Now, I'm not going to go into the the ethics of that. It was another another time and culture. But just wanted to say that God can use you whether you're too young or too old or have too many issues. So often we write ourselves off, don't we, and say, um, I can't do this because of this, you know, this excuse. Um, but God delights in using everyone despite the, uh, the age that we have or the background that we have and the brokenness that we have. Secondly, Mary was underprivileged. She was Poor. She belonged to the peasant, uh, the peasant class of the social level 
of the time. So 90% of the people in Jesus' time were incredibly poor uh, and they were taxed heavily, uh, taxed three times um, to the Roman uh, government, uh, King Herod, and also to the temple. Um, And the 90% that were very poor and were taxed very heavily, all their money went to support the 10% of the, the most wealthy in that society. So she had an incredibly hard life. She was underprivileged. She was young. She was, number three, uneducated. So only the privileged went to school in that time, and then only the males. Women did not attend school, and therefore it is highly likely that Mary couldn't even read or write. So not even only was she underprivileged, she was very young, she was also uneducated. And, and lastly, which is something we don't often think about, Mary lived in a place with a very bad reputation, which was Nazareth. Now, in John 1:46, this is when Philip is telling Nathaniel all about Jesus and how he's the Messiah. And this is what Nathaniel says, Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? So um, she, she grew up in a place that had an incredible, incredibly bad reputation. So not only did she live in, in a place that was, like I said, bad reputation, she was uneducated, underprivileged, Uh, very, very young, and yet she was so favoured by God. God overlooked all of that and and looked at Mary's heart and and, uh, the way she served him, and God called her favoured. In Luke 1, verse 26 to 28, and then 30, Gabriel the angel said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. You have found favour with God. So it doesn't matter about how young or old or our background and where we grew up and and all of the brokenness and if we're poor or rich, um, it's our heart. God looks at our heart. And for Mary, she was favoured by God. She was uh, probably quite forgettable in in a human sense, definitely a nobody in the society of the day, but she attracted the attention of the creator of the universe. Isn't that incredible? Why was she favoured? Uh, we know very clearly that she had found favour with God, but, but why exactly was she favoured out of everyone else? Now, the Bible doesn't tell us directly, but I think verse 38 uh, gives us some big clues. So Luke 1 verse 38 again, this is what Mary said. I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come True. And uh, we, we can um, look at that. And I think uh, there are three points that we can, we can um, f- glean from that verse that really shows us why Mary was favored. First of all, she knew who she was. So the first part of 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant. She was secure in her identity as a servant of God. So the followers of God um, in Mary's day, they didn't understand sonship that we are called sons and daughters of God. Jesus talked about that a lot, um, but he was, um, you know, hadn't been, even been born yet, but they understood that they were servants of God. So Mary understood and was confident in her identity that she was a servant of God. She knew who she was. So straight away she said, I am the Lord's servant. You know, Our identity is incredibly important and there is one identity that cannot be shaken and only one identity, which is this. I am a son, um, or if you're a a female, you are a daughter of God. Everything else 
Every other identity can be shaken here. You know, if we find our, our identity in what we do, you know, what if you're made redundant the next week, um, or if, if how much you know wealth you have, and, and all that can can go in an instant. And then, um, if we have our identity in anything else other than being a son and a daughter of God, and every, when everything turns to custard, and it does so so frequently, we can lose our identity, and and we can fall apart as well. There is one identity that cannot be shaken. We are not just servants, but we are sons and daughters of the Most High if we've given our lives to Jesus. I love this quote. Unless we discover who we really are, we will spend our lives being someone we are not. Be secure in your identity. You're a son, you're a daughter of God. Mary knew who she was. Second point, she was already living a surrendered life. Uh, And we see this in verse 38 again. She says, I am the Lord's servant. And then she says this, I am willing to accept whatever he wants. So straight away, she didn't have to uh, go on a a 40-day fast to, to sort out whether God wanted her to do this or not, or whether this was God's will. She was already living a surrendered life. And she goes, I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. She didn't take long to say that. Why? Because she was already living a surrendered life. Now, there are a lot of people in the Bible that we don't see uh, this type of response. Remember Moses when God called him to be the deliverer of the, the people of Israel? And then he throws up all these excuses. You know, I can't speak because I'm, you know, I can't speak well. Um, who am I? Um, what if people don't believe me? Um, what of this? What of that? He just threw up all of these excuses. Um, Jeremiah, when God gave him the call to be a prophet, he goes, I can't speak for you. I'm, I'm too young. So all of these heroes of the Bible, when, when they uh, are told God's plan, they throw up all these excuses. Um, when God called me uh, into ministry when I was a teenager, you know, I didn't give God an answer for years uh, because I was so freaked out. I wasn't really living a surrendered life at that time, um, even though I was you know, obviously a believer. But Mary is so incredible. She was already living a surrendered life. If you're living a surrendered life, um, we are, it will be easy for God to, to direct us um, into His perfect plan and what He wants us to do day by day because we're just going to say, yes, we're already living a surrendered life. So Mary knew who she was. She was already living a surrendered life. I love what Rick Warren says. He says this, nothing is more powerful than a life surrendered to God. And thirdly, Mary did not nurture unbelief in her heart. Verse 38 again, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. Now in Luke 1.45, um, Mary's cousin Elizabeth's about to have uh, John the Baptist. And this is what Elizabeth says about Mary in verse 45. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what He says. Mary had this incredible um, attitude of belief. She lent in to belief. Um, When the angel was telling her all of this incredible things, uh, she said, may everything you have said come true. Now, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, he did not have a believing heart. Very similar situation, just like Mary. An angel visited Zechariah and said, "Um, you're going to be a dad. And let's just pick up the story in Luke 1, verse 8 to 20, because it's a very good comparison between unbelief and belief. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. The angel picked up that he had unbelief in his heart. 
not like Mary. This is what the angel says, verses 19. I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. So we've got Zechariah, an angel visiting him and said he's going to be a dad. We've got Mary, an angel visits her and says that she's going to have the son of God. But they both reacted very differently. Zechariah lent into unbelief. Unbelief was his default, default setting, even as a follower of God. And with Mary, her default setting was belief. She believed what God said. So uh, who do we more closely resemble in our character and our attitude, even as believers? Is it Zechariah? Do we lean into unbelief? Or are we like Mary? Do we lean into belief? Now, this is incredibly important. It completely changes the way we live and it changes the, the atmosphere around us and it changes what God can do in our lives and through our lives. Now, when Jesus had grown up, he's preaching to his hometown uh, and everyone starts to get offended at him. And it says something incredible. It says he was unable to do many mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. So unbelief or belief changes what can happen in our lives, the supernatural, um, God moving through our lives, God doing amazing things. Are you a person who leans into belief like Mary or are you a person who leans into unbelief? Unbelief is a sin, by the way. So let's be those who lean into belief. Mary was given the incredible privilege of carrying God into this lost and broken world. She was favoured. God overlooked her background and her age and her education. She was favoured by God and she was given this incredible privilege of being a God carrier, carrying Jesus, carrying God into this broken world. The crazy thing is we have that exact same privilege. We are called to carry God into our lost and broken world. Not like Mary, obviously she, she carried Jesus in, in a physical way. But we have Jesus in our hearts and we are called with the same call that Mary was given we are called to carry God into this lost and broken world. Ephesians 3, 17, it says, Christ Jesus will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Now, are we even aware of that as followers of Jesus, that we also carry Jesus, that we are called to be God carriers? Jesus' name means saviour, or rescuer, it also means God saves. All of us should be carrying that theme in our lives wherever we go, despite the ups and downs and the challenges. Um, Jesus is living in us uh, and, and that character of Jesus and his name, God saves. Is that permeating everything we do? Do people know that? Um, do they understand that we are carrying Jesus to them in their brokenness? So what did being a God carrier mean for Mary? It, it changed her life. Now, obviously, she stood out. Uh, you can't really hide a pregnancy. Uh, so people knew that she was uh, pregnant. Um, it was incredibly inconvenient for her. Um, they wouldn't have chosen to have Jesus um, you know, with the animals um, by a 
a, a trough. Um, it was not on her timetable to do that, so it was incredibly inconvenient to carry God. She was misunderstood even from the time that she became pregnant. She became a social outcast. She was rejected, um, and she, everyone would have scorned her from that moment on. And her life, she would have been misunderstood for being a God carrier. And it was incredibly painful. I'm not talking about the birth, but her whole life of being misunderstood, watching Jesus grow up, what, watching what happened to Jesus. Her whole life, she was misunderstood. It would have been incredibly hard for Mary. It would have been incredibly painful for her. Even being a single mum once, Joseph um, you know, had passed away of a blended family. So being a God carrier, although she was incredibly favoured, although she was incredibly blessed, it wasn't an easy life for Mary. Um, and being a God carrier for us, although it's an incredible privilege um, and it's an incredible blessing, you know, we aren't promised an easy life. You know, we will be misunderstood. Um, hopefully we will stand out in a crowd because we follow Jesus. Um, it's not going to be convenient to follow God many, many times. And it is going to mean some pain in our lives. But just think about it. We're called to carry God to this lost world. I don't think there is a higher privilege than that. So in conclusion, just wrapping up now, the greatest gift we can receive this Christmas. Now just think about all the incredible things you can be given. I was given a, a Millennium Falcon last year. That's, it's right up there um, on the best Christmas gifts, but it, does, it pales in comparison uh, to this Christmas gift, which is the gift of salvation. Jesus wants to give himself to you, the gift of salvation this Christmas. And all you have to do, just like receiving a Christmas gift, you have to receive it. Jesus is giving himself to you. You just have to receive him by faith um, and receive him into your life. He wants to come and live with you and in you. So that's the best gift you can receive. What is the best gift you can give this Christmas? Simply this, giving your life to Jesus, living a surrendered life, surrendering your life to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I wanna live my life for you. I give you my life. So the best gift you can receive is Jesus. The best gift you can give is giving your life to Jesus. And then from that point on, determine to be a God carrier into this lost world. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.